0: Welcome to High Energy Health. You will know if you listened to the show before, that it's full of information, it's full of inspiration, and most of all, it's full of practical ideas you can use to affect your health and well-being. It also is full of joy. Like I just so love filling my mind with positive information, positive media, positive ideas, and I make it a practice to engage with people who are into that world of inspiration and positive ideas. Just in the last few weeks, I've been listening to some really wonderful audio books, on enlightened states. I've been interacting with people who are in these states. I'm mentoring people who are in those states. I'm being mentored by people who know a lot more than I do and have climbed a lot higher up the mountaintop than I have. And it's just so amazing when you start to just throw yourself into the practice of being in these states to release all the trauma that there is in your life, holding you back from your high potential, and then just let the universe guide you. You have no idea where you're going to go when you do that, when you surrender but I can assure you that the plan that the universe has for your life is way bigger than any plan you might have for your own life. So let go, to sit there in meditation in the morning and just release into being in that space. It is so powerful. If you go to my website, which you can get to easily through tappinggift.com, you'll find the EFD mini manual. You will find my new book, This Brain. You'll also find a cool new course we're offering called The 21 Day Walk with Your Higher Power. This in- includes five key exercises drawn from the world of what's called Vedanta or oneness and how to actually set up that relationship with your higher power, tune in, and then download your inspiration from non-local mind every day. And again, its view, its vision for your life is infinitely greater than any little idea you may have gained from your parents, your teachers, your background, your culture, your history, and your conditioning. So I just invite you to fill your life with high energy health, with high energy ideas, high energy people, tune out those who don't bring you to that space. If there are activities you do that drag you out, if there or friends you have that drag you down, cut the cord, just liberate yourself and go ahead and immerse yourself in things that really will make a difference in your life. So again, that website is tappinggift.com. Download the free EFT mini manual there, download my free meditation there and just explore the world of personal growth you'll find through that tappinggift.com link. My guest today on high energy health is one of those people who, when you walk into her presence or she walks into yours, you know you're in the presence of somebody who is in that high space and can help you be in that high space. And not only that, she's devoted her life to giving people the tools, giving people the techniques and exposing them to the ideas that can bring them into that high space. Her name or the name of the physical body she currently inhabits <laughs> is Betsy Chase, and she's best known as the director and producer of the hit film, What the Bleep Do We Know? She's also the director of a new series, and we'll get more into that later on, because It's her newest project, and it's really a remarkable five-part series on energy healing and energy medicine. She's also the author of several books, including the book *Killing Buddha*, and also she is author of the documentary filmmaking class. Tipping sacred cows. Betsy, it's wonderful to have you here.
1: Gosh, thank you so much. You are. Every time I come around you, you're just like light and joy and fun. Like, <laughs> so much fun. like all we do is laugh and have fun. That's a fun time, like, even editing you for the series that we're going to talk about. KT and I would sit there and go, Oh, Dawson's on. He's so <laughs>
0: fun.
1: It was so much fun.
0: Uh, I laughed during, you know, too, because Betsy, one of the pieces of science I read recently was that babies laugh on average 300 times a day. Adults laugh on average 20 times a day. They cut back 95% of their laughter. And I'm thinking, okay, we got we to tip the scales over here. We got to just learn to laugh again and live in that same spontaneous joy that we knew as children. So uh, I'm so glad you're helping us all be there and do that and giving people a forum and sharing those messages in a big way. I- I'm so curious. You know, I was on your website and looking through your various projects right now. And we'll get into those in detail. But I'd love to know what brought you into this whole world and made this the focus of your career.
1: It was a ha- happy accident you know i got hired um i was the least spiritual person on the planet <laughs> <laughs> And Mark and Will asked me to come on. They were making a movie called Sacred Science. And they asked me to come and produce that movie. And I said, okay, I, I can't even spell quantum physics, but sure, if you want me, you know, I, I can produce anything. And so I ended up getting on that movie. And of course, that movie morphed into What the Bleep Do We Know. And, you know, when people come up to me and they say, you know, that movie changed my life, I always say, yeah, it changed my life, too. You know, I mean, I went from being, you know, make B movies, some of the best best. mind, in consciousness, quantum physics, molecular biology, neuroscience. And I think once you, you know, it's sort of like crack. Once you step into learning some of this information, there's no turning back. You're in it, you're addicted, you want to know more. And that's just what
0: happens to me. Yeah, it is addictive. And, you know, the, the levels of just inspiration and pleasure and joy we have access to in that world is so unlike the usual kind of local reality that most people are to. And when you get a taste of it, you're you're motivated to find more. And so that was your turning point and you've been doing amazing things since then. So yeah. uh, I, I'm just curious, so your book, Killing Buddha, I, I know the, the concept of Buddhism, but just explain to all of us what it's all about. And just for those of you who are already alarmed when I mentioned the book title, <laughs> it's not what you think it is.
1: One of the things that I really loved about even with the belief and all the projects that I try to do is like I try to make this make sense for people and I try to make it accessible. You know, some of us aren't those woo-woo spiritual goddesses, and we, we need practical logical information, like, okay, how do I do this? How does this work? Where you know, and so killing Buddha is very is based on a very famous Zen cone. If you see the Buddha along the road, kill him, or you'll follow him the rest of your life. And it was such when I heard that saying, it made a profound impact on me because what I realized, you know, we talk a lot about carrying around your stories, the beliefs and the meaning that we attach to things and how those beliefs and meanings create our reality, right? And how we interact in the world based on those beliefs and meanings. Those are our Buddha. So I had a book out a few years ago from Simon and Schuster called Tipping Sacred Cows. It's a similar theory. It's like I needed to really understand how to get rid of all of that stuff that was flying around in my head that was beliefs and ideas is philosophies information that was not serving me or my greatest good so those in a way are buddha gotta kill all those buddhas those things we put outside of ourselves that are higher that we put on a pedestal and then we let them dictate our lives that's kind of what that story it's it's a fictional funny hilarious journey of a woman very much based on me who goes on this journey to make a movie she's the least spiritual person on the planet she gets hired to make a movie about spirituality and what happens to her when the floodgates of information open
0: yeah they are floodgates and they There's a lot to take in there, and a lot of different entry points to it, and a lot of material there. And try to make sense of it, and try and make it digestible is really hard. And then, like an energy, the ultimate healer, you really do that. You break it down, and then you also, in that series, have us peer into the worlds of several energy healers and watch them in what we call in psychology a prolonged case series. We're seeing them session by session by session with the same clients, and how those clients evolve over time. That, That was just a fascinating project of making energy healing really clear to a lot of people.
1: I really wanted to do that because again, I think it's really important that we take the mystical out of some of this stuff. It is mystical. It is amazing, right? I don't want to diminish that. But one of the things that tends to happen in our world right now is a lot of amazing information is getting shoved off to the side because it doesn't fit the paradigm the, 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 or, the or the status quo, right? And, and so it, people don't learn about it. And the thing about energy healing is that energy healing is the most ancient of all healing modalities ever. And yet it's the least likely to be respected or used in our world right now. And, and of course, that is changing, which is great. And part of the reason is because the science behind energy healing hasn't really had its opportunity to be heard. So it's really important to me that I explain to people, here's the science. Forget, you know, you don't have to go into the mysticism and the ancient traditions and the rituals and all those amazing things, which really work. Here's the science behind it. Let's let's see it in action. So it isn't just, you know, okay, I'm going to yammer on for 20 minutes about, you know, the nature of reality and energy. Here's people, here's their experience with it, and here's how it works.
0: What are some of the really powerful lessons from science and pieces of scientific evidence that you think will help move the needle in that?
1: Well, it's a big question because we're really in this moment. I have teenagers and I look at my young people and the level of openness and willingness to try something different or new is so much greater than me or you. And so there's a rigidity and there's Max Planck says, you know, science evolves one funeral at a time. Right. And I think that that's true. So personally, I think the biggest thing that's going to shift the way in which we approach health and wellness in this kind world is already starting. But the biggest shift is going to be time. We have younger people who are more open to meditation. You know, can you believe that it was really like maybe 18 or 20 years ago that mainstream news was saying, there's this thing, it's called meditation and it kind of, it's amazing, right? And that was literally barely 20 years ago that that was like, ah, this might be something, right? Meanwhile, thousands and thousands of years have known that when you meditate, simply Getting quiet with your mind. I mean, you can probably rattle off the science better than I can, but the amazing health impacts on your health from just sitting quiet for two minutes is unbelievable. And yet we just started talking about that in the mainstream 18 to 20 years ago. Yeah, we're moving slow, but we're getting there. What are some of your
0: favorite practices?
1: You know, I and this is part of what I want to do because you know, I got for a while I got caught up in that Oh, my am I meditating? Right? Am I? Should I do it this way? Or should I hold my hand up like this? And so part of killing Buddha and part of tipping sacred cows and even energy, the energy healing series and everything I do is to let people know there really isn't a right way. And and my spiritual practice I meditate every morning. You know, I also light a candle every single morning. I say, I have a prayer that I say every day. I read this book 20 something and it was called The Message of a Master. And it's like this little hundred page book and it's written by some anonymous person. And it's this, written as like a parable, a little story. And, you know, one of the things that he said to do in there was to create a mantra. So we have this mind that's all over the place, right? And if you really want to bring it back into what you talk about all the time, what Lynn Hacker talks about is our intention, right? Intention focused thought. So I have this mantra. So if my mind starts to go off, I just go love, peace, abundance, joy, perfect, radiant health. And because I've been doing that for 20 years, I can literally feel the physiology in my body relax calm down, I can feel my mind open. And it just quiets me enough. So if I'm in a situation where I've got to make a decision, I've got to, you know, think of something that I have, like there's a problem I have to solve that is I will do that a 100 times a day, love, peace, abundance, joy, perfect, radiant health. And then I just wait. And then the info is so much better than trying to think, work it and be that way. So that's my favorite practice. And
0: then when you do that, I know for me, when I do that, that creates open space, in my awareness and Mm -hmm. open space creatively flows.
1: Yes. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, you can describe the physiology of it better, but I literally feel every cell in my being just open. Like, because we're information receiver, you know? So it just feels like all of a sudden I'm hearing instead of pushing outward. You know, humans, we have this tendency to try to exert and push. And I've learned over the last 20 years that when I don't push as hard, but when I sit back in the quiet, it, the answer is usually just sitting literally mostly right in front. Of
0: me. <laughs> and it takes creating that quiet to see it. If you are oh, just full of that, Mind chatter and Philip, Laurie, and Philip trying to solve the problem, then you don't see that answer right in front of you.
1: And it's so counterintuitive to what you like. You know, I was just my daughter's learning to drive. She's 18 now, but she's going a little slow. And she was in the car, and she was trying to change lanes. And and she said to me, we were practice She says, "Mom, you're so chill in the car while I'm driving." And I'm like, "Yeah." She doesn't know that I'm like holding space, <laughs> you're, right? But I said, "You know, Alora, when we stay calm, we get the information." And we were so we were driving, and I was we real calm and she started to change lanes, but all of a sudden. She moved back over and she's like, I think, and she looked and she knew before she knew, you know, like she, and I said, did you feel that? That's your superpower. And that's because we're remaining calm. You started to go over and this car kind of came out of nowhere. There wasn't any way for her to really see it, but she knew it. And that, I said, that is your practice all the time because that's your superpower. You knew what was going on. You were like, oh, I can't do this. I felt it out there in the energy world. And she pulled it in. I said, partly because when you're in a state of, okay, I'm stressful, I'm driving, you can either get wound up or you can work yourself into that place of calmness so that you can hear and feel and sense all the information that you need that you don't necessarily see with your eyes. It's
0: wonderful when I interview people who are, her age or a little bit older in their 20s and 30s. And they had parents like you, Betsy, because it so changes their lives. And for a lot of children growing up when I was growing up in the 60s, and there was no mom like that, there was nobody with any clue way to put it. And like Father Andrew Greeley, a famous novelist, actually, Catholic priest, and also researcher, he did the first study of altered states in the 1970s, people were having ecstatic experiences, mystical experiences. And, and what, what Father Greeley found was that they had them that virtually everybody interviewed had them. And so they were much more widespread than known. But Betsy, the the tragedy was they didn't tell their husbands, their wives, their children, their parents, their friends, their priests, they didn't tell anybody. And there was no culturally sanctioned way, way to connect and share these mystical experiences. So they were having them, but they couldn't connect with anyone else. And they weren't being reinforced or encouraged. And so now people can talk about these things that were, they weren't taboo. They, I think Aldous Huxley in one of his books says, the ultimate taboo is Oh, in brave new world. And brave new world, the The ultimate prohibition the ultimate taboo is to have no word for something in a culture like in russian there's no word for integrity in the in russian language for example some culture is just it's a taboo because there's no word for it and so there was no place to put those experiences i'm so grateful that there are stories like you now with your daughter and mother and daughter and you're you're collaborating on the spiritual growth of your of your children in a way in which was unknown many years ago
1: well and that's why i'm trying to do the work that i do and make it grounded you know a lot of my stuff is either really funny i love using humor I'm I'm like you, I, I understand that laughter is a healing modality. You know, it's like laughter instantly drops endorphins into your system and it makes you happier, it calms your nerves, all that good juju stuff. But beyond that, you know, I also wanted to make things that people that didn't have access to the information they needed something grounded. It's great to tell them the wonderful stories of the shaman or the mystics, and some people really resonate that way. But some people really need grounded information. You know, some people really need to know. I'm talking to a friend of mine, very Christian guy, good friend, and he's going to have knee surgery. And we were talking and we were talking about his surgery. I said, you know, you should see if they do Reiki at your hospital. And he said, what the heck is Reiki? And I said, well, it's energy healing. And he's like, what's that? So I showed him the first episode. I said, let's just, it's 30 minutes. Just watch it. Tell me what you think. Calls me on the phone. And he's like, this is amazing. Why aren't we talking about this more? Like he was baffled. He said, I called my hospital. They do have a Reiki person. And did you know that when I get Reiki while they're doing and they're putting the anesthesia they can use less anesthesia I'll have less recovery time when I come he starts rattling off all this stuff to me he was amazed and I thought you know that's why I'm doing right that's wonderful
0: yeah and if he hadn't asked for it though it wouldn't have been automatic for him so my dream is the day when all of this is completely automatic you get Reiki as offered to you as part of the menu of options proactively before you go into surgery any kind of stressful situation please stay tuned we'll be right back my name is Dawson Church you're listening to high energy health. And for more on Betsy's work, I'm going to spell this out for you to make sure you get it right. So Betsy, B-T-S-Y, you got that one. But her last name is Chase, which is C-H-A-S-S-E, net, Not .com, not .org, got it, .net. Want to write it down? Betsy, C-H-A-S-S-E.net. BetsyChase.net. We'll be right back after a break. Hello, and welcome back to high energy health. I'm your host Dawson Church. And Each week on the show, we explore the leading edge of health and healing. And I encourage you to just download episodes, listen away. There is so much inspirational material here and all kinds of ideas you can practice for more on Betsy's work, go to her website, I'm gonna give it to you again. So that's www.betsy and then her last name chassis is C H A S S E Betsy, C-H-A-S-S-E dot Also for my newest book, Miss Brain, go to my website, DawsonGift.com for the book, for the empty mini manual and for some free meditations. So Betsy, I'm so curious about the creative process and what it looks like for you. And I know you have this hugely complicated job of, mm-hmm. first of all, laying out the narrative of a documentary or a series, then gathering together all the experts, doing all the physical filming, and then turning it all into a an arc story arc that makes sense. I just even as I describe it I be <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm not a brain surgeon, so there's that. But, you know, the first thing is that I trained in storytelling. You know, Joseph Campbell is one of my heroes, the Pat Hero's Journey, the three-act structure. You know, I've studied these technical structures for storytelling, which, I, you know, if anybody ever wants to be a storyteller or tell your story, it's great to have that information. It's like, you know, you don't go running in to cut someone's hair unless you've learned some of the tricks to cutting hair, right? So there's that's one piece. But the other part of it is that, and this is for me, the most important part is that when I attack a project, when I take on a project, it it always born out of my curiosity. So I'm genuinely curious about it. Now I'm very lucky to get that opportunity to go, I wonder about energy healing. I'm going to go make a series about it. And then I, I am blessed with the opportunity to talk to amazing people like yourself who just offer so much information that it is overwhelming. You know, I didn't go to college. I was homeschooled most of my life my father is, was a PhD in gerontology and economics and had some very interesting workings with the government and so I spent my time being taught by him he gave me the art of war when I was 8 years old and so you know my homework was working with him and editing things so I think I learned a lot of that from him but you know biggest piece that I've always been given is that or understand is like I'm a messenger, I'm just a conduit you know I'm like a little receiver and I never look at a project as mine or my story to tell, it, I am just here to be a conduit for its information. So I think of it as an entity on its own. It has its own personality. It has its own wants, needs, and desires. It has its own way in which it wants to experience. And I'm just here to make that happen. So when you know I do an interview like with you, I'll leave when I transcribe that interview. It's 80 pages. So how do you go through 80 pages and find, well, in a series 10, 15, 20 minutes, that's like the gold nuggets. The answer to that is I don't know. I just sit in, listen, I watch And I listen and I read and there's like, it's almost like love. You know, when you meet someone and you love them and you just know, that's how I do what I do. I just, oh that was great there's that feeling that you get that you just know there's the nugget and then you grab that you know
0: yeah yeah and so if you have several takes then you can feel the one that really makes brings it all together and then the Galileo project which you're working on right now yeah. tell us about that
1: so you know that is inspired by myself and a really good friend of mine named Richard Gordon we were talking one day and we were looking at all these amazing discoveries that are going on in the world and scientists are getting ridiculed or blasphemed or kicked they can't some of them can't even start really doing their research until they retire from their real science job right and we started looking at these what we're calling modern day Galileo people that have made discoveries that would radically transform the way in which we approach health wellness the way we perceive reality but research goes against the status quo and so it's very hard to get breakthrough into bigger publications so I love making people famous I love making scientists like that and people like you that are doing this amazing work. I love bringing it out into the world. So we're going around interviewing people and talking about their work. And we're, we have a whole episode which really looks at the nature of reality. What is reality? You know, here we are. We have this amazing technological revolution. We can do all these amazing things. But we basically don't have any idea what reality, or so we think. Mainstream materialism doesn't have an idea what reality And the biggest sort of battle in science, I think just like everything else in the world right now, is coming to a big head, which is mainstream material science. Science wants to taste it, touch it, smell it, and most importantly, measure it. And they have all these cool devices. And if they can't fit it into that device and measure it, it can't be true. But we know, you know, from the amazing research that you've done, there, there have been thousands of studies on near-death experiences, psychic abilities, energy healing, all these amazing things that materialism doesn't have a box for it to put in. So we're going to have a very big paradigm shift in the next 15 to 20 years because materialism is almost at the end of its road. It can't go any farther. It has to begin to consider all this other realm. And there's the whole world of science over there just waiting, ready to go, okay, we've known this for 20 years, 50 years, but now you're ready. Here you go. And that's what the Galileo Project is about.
0: That's wonderful, yeah. Because you're right. There are so many pieces of evidence there, and one of the, the ways to see that kind of split is to read the Wikipedia entries on natural healing. Type "natural healing" into Wikipedia. Type in acupuncture. Acupuncture has over two thousand clinical trials. It's dismissed in the first paragraph of Wikipedia as pseudoscience, even though yeah. there's no uh, science showing it's, that it's anything other than than effective. It's it's still dismissed by those skeptics, and this has been the pace with that entry for for acupuncture for close to 20 years on Wikipedia, totally misleading, totally in science denial, just like we have the climate change skeptics and climate deniers. We have the natural healing skeptics. Now, they certainly aren't skeptical about drugs and surgery, but they they control Wikipedia, those Wikipedia pages. Go look at the talk pages behind the Wikipedia page. You'll see the violent controversy there with experts trying to correct the pages, the skeptics immediately suppressing those edits and the skeptics control, actually they control the, the complaint and editorial committee of Wikipedia so if anyone tries to correct a Wikipedia entry, they uh, those entries, the, those corrections are immediately deleted. So all the expert information is actually deleted from Wikipedia on natural cures, not on drugs and surgery, but on all natural cures. Homeopathy, they were very proud when they got the word quackery inserted into the first paragraph of Wikipedia, and they were crowing about that. So there is this, you know, complete, it's actually a very, very dangerous situation where people expecting objective information from Wikipedia are getting just science denial instead, and uh, so that's that's, that's one place you see this kind Here's of sp-
1: some good news about that. My yeah. son is now going into 10th grade, and since about seventh grade, he's never been allowed to use Wikipedia as a resource in any paper he's ever provided. Yeah. Which I thought was a big shift, and I thought it was great the teachers started doing that. I was really happy to see that because that used to be where everybody would go for information. So, again, going back to our young people, when I mentioned if I say, well, What does Wikipedia say? The first word out of his mouth is, Oh, we'll never trust Wikipedia. So-
0: <laughs> I'm, is- glad. I'm glad. <laughs> (laughs) word the words out there we're doing right now but please stay tuned you're listening to high energy health my name is dawson church betsy's website we can see about all about her her projects her different movie projects that are coming up or betsy's past also about her books is betsy and that's b-t-s-y chassis which is c-h-a-s-s-e dot net please stay tuned we'll be right back after a break Hello, and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and I'd like you to do one little experiment with me right this very moment. Take a breath. (laughs) Many of us are just so going through our lives at a furious pace, including me. And so any moment, any day, you can tune into the infinite, tune into your heart, tune into reality by just taking a breath. So just take one conscious breath with me right now. If you like, you could even take two or three. <laughs> but make it a practice every hour. Just make it take a few conscious breaths, make time, slow yourself down and just be in that heart space, that body space and that reality space before you move on with your busy life. For more on Betsy's work, you can go to her website. And that's Betsy Chasse, dot And for some wonderful free gifts, including my new book, Bliss Brain, go to the website DawsonGift.com. Betsy, I'm so curious about your personal creative process, what it looks like, how you spark creativity, how you deal with periods where you don't feel creative, like what is the whole creative flow look like to you?
1: Yeah, I mean... One of the things that's interesting about what I get to do for a living is when people say, What do you do for a living? I say, I make documentaries and I'm a writer. And they look at that like it's the most sexiest, amazing, exotic thing. And what they don't see are the days that's like, Oh, I have to wait today. This isn't a, I got to get this done because it's my job. And there's that moment where, for me, I think the hardest part is the start. It's like, Where do I begin? Especially because, you know, some of the concepts that I'm trying to cover are deep. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, moving... Where do you begin? How do you make sure that it's interesting and compelling? And so that's always been the biggest tough for me. And you know, it's funny, people tease me, my friends will tease me because typically between like three and four o'clock every day, I take a nap. And that must sound just like the laugh of luxury. But for me, usually I'm up super in the morning, early in the morning, and I write very early. And then I'm a single mom with two kids. So I run around and take care of my kids. Then I come back and that nap time is just my like recheck in. And again, I just lay down. And I just say I ask the question. Okay, oh, there's this fire truck going to come up. Okay, what is the story that wants to be told, or whatever it is? Like for instance, if I'm going to be explaining the double slit experiment, if I'm going to be explaining the nature of reality, what is the story that wants to be told? And I just sit there for a good 20 minutes. And when I do that, visions come to me or beats, and then I go, okay, wow, big. I live in fire country. I hope nothing's bad. But that's where I start. It's always in the quiet for me. And then I can spend hours, you know, I call it getting red right in the rainbow. You know, you, I'll read a transcript and I'll be 40 pages in and my eyes will start to get tired and I can tell that I'm not retaining it. And then I just get up. I walk my dog. I talk to my bird. I water my garden. I do something else with my body because when you move your physiology, chemi- when you change your chemistry around a little bit, you kind of reinvigorate it you know? And that's a trick that I use if I'm really got to get something done to, like sit back down again, you know?
0: It also puts you to back in touch with your body out of your mind and that gives you your mind a chance to kind of reset too. Also, when you nap, you drop into slow brain waves, delta and theta, and that kind of does a reset on your brain. you also get more blood glucose in your brain. So I know after my dating nap, I feel there's like pushing the reset button on your emotions, your body, your brain. You feel wonderful after that.
1: Well, and do you know, I love to do intentional dreaming. And so even if I call it a nap, even if I'm not really fully sleeping, it's a matter of, it's like an intentional reset. And it's just, I can set an intention or I can ask a question and whether I get an answer or not. Usually now, because I've been doing this for so long, I'm pretty confident that if if an answer is available, it's going to come right then and there and just to be patient. But I do like to set an intention before I lay down, specifically like, okay, I want to open, you know, what did the world want to understand about the nature of reality? What's the most interesting thing? And then usually, because I've shot, or something will come to me. Oh, remember you were interviewing Dawson and he said this. Ah, and that will usually give me a jumping off point. Even if that place becomes the middle and I put other stuff, it's usually just that one spark that kind of I need to push me in the right direction.
0: I think it's also likely collaborating with the universe because you're giving a yeah. chance for the universe to give you information. You're surrendering and saying, you're opening yourself. You're in that open-minded, open-hearted space. Where you're saying, hey, universe, what's next? <laughs>
1: well, and I think that was a big shift to me in that I I don't really, operate from this this space of individualism too much or even this what's going on right now which is very toxic individualism you know this is i am a part of a co-create collective a co-creative reality you know we are all co-creators here and when we work together in collaboration and coherence, amazing things happen And so I'm always looking for ways in which I can create coherence around me and with the people that I'm with. And even when I walk into a room, because I know that that creates the right kind of energy to raise this all up. So I don't even think of projects as mine anymore. It's I'm a collaborator with who knows who I'm co-creating, right? So the more, and it's more fun for me because then I don't feel so alone. I don't feel so overwhelmed. I feel like I have universal partners, you know, that are helping out. And it also just makes everything a little feels better, you know, these, you know, who's going to want to, you know, transcribe and go through, you know, a 1000 pages worth of, you know, people talking about quantum physics, you know, that sounds horribly boring. But when the we when I get into with my, you know, people talk about guides and their spirit guides, and I believe all that. I don't know if that's what it is. But whatever these co creators are, we're, we're building this together. And I play my part.
0: Absolutely. And when you play your part, you are both co creating with those levels of non local mind. And then it has a way of organizing all the people and circumstances around you, So now you aren't just having to do it by yourself. You're both doing it in collaboration with the universal information field. And that field is organizing all the people around you. So miraculously, the right people show up and the right time show up and the right energies show up and the right pieces of, of, of information you need for what you're doing show up. So it's part of living a miraculous life. We're going to go to a break right now, but please stay tuned. You're listening to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church. We will be back in just a moment. So we'll see you back then. Hello, and welcome back to high energy health. I'm so glad you're here and make high energy health part of your weekly routine and what you fill your mind with every day. Because if you listen to positive messages, positive media, positive information, you condition your mind and your brain ultimately to feeling much better and unlocking the possibilities in your life. So I'm so glad to be with you today sharing. And I know as you implement these ideas, as you think about them, as you get sparked, and then work to bring them into your life, you have the potential of locking all of your gifts and all of the, the, the path that might lie before you as you unlock that potential. And one last time, Betsy's website is is Betsy Chasse, which is C-H-A-S-S-E dot net, Betsy Chasse dot net. And for more on my new book The spring, go to my website, which is DawsonGift.com, where you'll find a whole bunch of really useful free tools. Betsy, you have been now making movies about consciousness and the shifts that changes in consciousness produce in the material world for like 20 years now. (laughs) so what have you learned about consciousness in that period
1: it is probably the, that one big question that we all want the answer to but we're sometimes a little afraid to find out what the answer might be and you know a hundred years ago uh i read something and it was this quote and it was from a book by jack Kerouac, my favorite one of my favorite writers and he said be in love with your life every detail of it." and that really struck me because he wasn't some flippant be in love with your life or love everything or love everyone the sort of like new age thing which is great but when i read that i I thought that the craft be in love with your life, every detail of it. And you know, a lot of people will say, We're here to love, we're here to be love like beings. And the more that I listen to scientists and people that study consciousness and study different levels of consciousness, the more I interpret that to mean, well, I think we're all hot on this idea of love as this warm and fuzzy, gooey, sexy, amazing thing. But when it's funny that this, you know, American, you know, writer said, be in love with your life every detail and that was the trick and what I understood was that consciousness we is we are consciousness and many of the different studies talk about near-death experiences and all that stuff they all come to this conclusion that yeah we're a piece we are consciousness but there's more like one of the episodes I'm going to try to do in the Galileo project I'm getting people to talk about it we'll see is I think we're close to finding God I think we're almost there and the only thing that's holding back from, you want to call it God. Some people call it consciousness. Some people call it field. Some people call it the source. I just call it Bob actually. I just say Bob. <laughs> <laughs> like, Bob, it doesn't matter, right? But there is this higher source and physicists are seeing it. It's there. It can't be ignored. And what we're realizing when we look at what energy healing is, when you look at how your energy and how we're all attached to energy and human resonance and all these things that are connecting us all, all together, we are a of That consciousness here to have an experience, and that experience in our judgment of right and wrong is sometimes going to be awesome, and sometimes it's going to suck. But the trick is to be in love with all of it, because what we're doing is we're having an experience. That's what we're supposed to do, and we're this. We are a messenger of conscious. Consciousness is having an experience. I don't know what or why that consciousness decided to create an Earth and put a bunch of us on it and let us run around and make cars and do all these crazy things, but it doesn't matter. So that really, to me, it's that makes any sense is what I understand consciousness is we are a part of a, of a higher not a higher we are part of a system that is that is having an experience and we're all co-creating it together we aren't just part of it we are it.
0: yeah and the paradox uh, for example I teach something called the short path to oneness and I have a course on the short path to oneness which is based on the oneness teachings of Vedanta and also on the neuroscience and what I mentioned to people is that the paradox is here is we call this the short path is also the long path but call it a path is that we're going somewhere and yet we're going nowhere we are it already inherently and the path is the path to realizing we are it already and so when you are it and realize you're it and you live from it then suddenly a lot of the friction and all the apparent problems of that local experience just go away because it was never real to begin with so
1: well it's all made up i mean there's a certain part of me that that has to live in the world because i want to be a part of helping people but there's also a part of me that steps back and says this is part of our process and just hold faith and you know drop the energy healing series drop the Galileo series you know I'm developing a new series that we're going to do after this it's all about nature and healing it's really amazing so you know just create these pieces that give people the opportunity to go oh I'm going to step over there and that's all I can really do
0: absolutely and we have a chance to do that every moment and I love what you do in nature and taking breaks and being in your body and finding a way whether it's through walking your dog, or whether it's through gardening, or some other way of just going out and getting away from all of the the stuff we process in our heads into that, that that baseline of, of just connection with you yeah. will put us there breath and, and the earth will will bring us there what's some other practices you found that are really useful for shifting you and other people
1: you know it's just gonna sound really corny but gratitude you know it i wake up just like the saying says be in love with your life every detail of it i am grateful that i have bills to pay you know we tend to be really good about being grateful for the good stuff and that was easy for me when i was getting divorced and you know my life was getting all turned upside down and i had these two little kids, I had to learn how to be grateful for all of that. And when I started to have massive shifts in my life. So gratitude practice for me is a big one. I do it every morning. So I wake up every morning and before I even get out of bed, I just start saying thank you. I get to do this again. I'm still here. Amazing. And even if I've got to have a tough phone call, thank you for the opportunity to have that phone call. Thank you. And it sounds so weird. Why would I want to say thank you for something like that? It really does transform the way in which you experience even the suffering that we all experience. So gratitude is a really big one. I do that every morning. I light my candle every morning. I do a gratitude practice with my kids. You know, they, ever since they could talk, they've been like, what are you grateful for? You know, they've both gone through their like, mom, you're so weird phases and they're slowly coming back to it. But gratitude is a big one. And just breathing and staying connected to nature is a big one. Yeah,
0: nature will, will help ground you. I've been playing Robinson for the last few years, Betsy too, about being grateful for what is to come. Yeah. And- so whatever happens, and occasionally that thing that have disaster, and but I'm just grateful for whatever happens. So whatever happens, I'm just, I'm just guaranteed to re- be received with gratitude.
1: But you know what's cool? If you accept and really understand, I am a piece of consciousness put here to have the experience that I'm having, then how can I not be grateful for it? So when you say, I used to get confused when people would say, the universe has a plan for you. And I'd be like, I had a chapter in my book, Tipping Sacred Cows, who's the universe and why do they have all my stuff? Was the name of the chat. Because it was like, what do you mean this this thing has a plan? But the reality is when you understand you're a piece of the thing, that you're right on the right plan, all of that starts to make sense now. Now it makes sense, you know, when you realize what you are what you want.
0: And even the parts that don't make sense, if you're grateful, if you're peace, if you're in that space of just being and breathing, and then you don't have to understand it all. And some parts of it make sense. And like some parts of the world, like we look back on the pandemic and wars and the erosion of democracy and a lot of the stuff going on doesn't make sense. And you just look at it, and you breathe, and you are who you are, and so that's the main thing we can always do. We can always be in charge of our own personal inner state and our own well-being.
1: Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, just in the last minute or two, what is the project you're most excited about that's coming up?
1: Gosh, you know, I'm really proud of the energy healing series, which people can watch by going to blissupnow.com, and they can sign up there, or they can go to my website, and they will get a link to it. I really love that. I'm super excited about the Galileo project, where I, I'm—I would say I'm in the dark night of that project I'm almost finished at ed- interviewing people and now I got to go through those thousands of pages and find the nuggets but I'm very excited because you know the way in which we're putting these series together I was telling you you know we used to be able to do a documentary it was 88 minutes it had 88 minutes who can explain the nature of reality and quantum <laughs> 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 like, like, oh my god right so it's a blessing and a curse that we have these five or six part doc series because we have more time so I'm excited that we have more time to, to really get into some of these conversations conversations with their deep. There's some depth to them. And I'm excited that I think people are really looking for that. They're really looking to really have something that they can they can connect into their heart and bring back meaning and purpose for them in a way that that empowers. So, you know, Gal, I can't it's just like asking me what's your who's your favorite child. You know, I can't yeah. really say like this yeah. one or that one. I love them all.
0: Yeah. And thank you so much for the work you do to translate all those ideas into ways which you can understand I'm so great for you and your work, Betsy. Thank yes. you so very much.
1: And Thank you very much, Dawson. I appreciate you.
0: Thank you. I look forward to working with you on the next one. And so everyone who's listening, thank you so much for sharing this time with us. Please make high energy health part of your weekly habit, and it'll do you a lot of good. And until next time, be healthy, be happy, be in love with you. Thank you.